What's up, guys? This is Eric with Just a Couple Dudes Jack Podcast, and this is an episode that we did. We actually recorded this a long time ago. This is probably over a year ago, and I'm going to title it Before We Were Jacked because this is actually just before me and Frank decided to make the Just a Couple Dudes podcast. So this is something we recorded on a former podcast of mine. So I just wanted to repackage it, put it on the Jacked forum. So you know, you guys can get a, a look into what we were talking about and where we were just about a year ago. And I thought it was really good. It's also Frank's birthday this past weekend. So go ahead and wish him a happy birthday. And it's a good reflective type of episode to look back on over a year ago. What were we doing? This is all stuff before coronavirus, regular life stuff. So I hope you guys uh, give it a listen and I hope you enjoy it. You can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at j.a.k.d underscore podcast. And in our bio, we have a link to the Apple. Um, we, you can also find us on Spotify at just look up Jack to J-A-K-D. All right, guys. Thank you. So Frank, yeah. welcome, baby. Thank you for having me again. How you been? Life is pretty amazing. It's a little stressful and busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, man. So I mentioned your beard. So you started growing the beard, you know, when we had the last podcast, but now it's getting gnarly and you're shaving the sides like a Peaky Blinder. Yeah, I'm it's a hot. mix of... If you can uh, see him right now, it's hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I feel hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mix of Peaky Blinder with a Viking aspect. Yeah, you're going for the Game of Thrones Viking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going for... God, his name starts with a T. He's like redhead. He's a wild man in Game of Thrones. Oh, Game I don't watch Game of Thrones. Oh, sorry. Sure. Okay. I'm a Peaky Blinders guy, though. Okay. Either I was way. thinking of the guy from Braveheart. I'll take that. Don't you hit me with that rock, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I'll tell you how the beard started. I was yeah, at, tell me, where did this start? Yeah, so I was at work, and my gay friend, who's a cool guy at work, he grew out this gnarly beard. And he told me one day, he's like, hey, you could grow a beard. And I've grown a light one, but I had no idea I had this in me. And I said, fuck it, let's do it. So I started growing it out, growing it out, and it's had some awkward phases, but it's coming in well. Do you get it trimmed up at the barber? No, they they just do like the line underneath my neck, but I just do the rest. I'd use a lot of oils and stuff. You have to actually put some effort in or it can probably get gnarly. Oh yeah, last week, I mean, it looks good still your hair too, but last week you went skin, like Bic Razor. Yeah, so I have a big beard, I have skin on the sides, and then a ton of hair on top, which I'm trying to slick back. So I'm like homeless on the bottom, clean cut in the middle, and a savage motherfucker on top. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, on top of that, we're all shirtless right now. And uh, how did that happen? Well, it started with Christian being the motivator and saying, <laughs> Frank, you be you. Well, and here we are. You wore the same shirt, right? Yeah, Was that yeah, like, coincidentally? You wore the same shirt as you did last time. So I said, hey, Frank, take off your shirt. You can't do the same thing two times in a row. Yeah, I know. I didn't think about it. I just really <laughs> like that shirt. Yeah, and so, I mean, naturally, Christian took his shirt off, so I had to take my shirt off. So, I mean, this is the, the most buff, manly podcast we put out. I'll put it that way. Top 11. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So what have you been up to? How's work? Um, let's see. I had two really rough days this week. It was pretty rough. Like, we had to put a tube down this chick's neck because her neck, her neck was swelling. And it took like 10 minutes to do it, which usually takes like two. So anyways, it was bad. I don't know. I don't know if she's alive now. I don't know. But it was 
the doctor afterwards was like, yeah, this is the worst one I've had in 10 years. So it was just extremely stressful, but damn dude. And that was, uh, you're still in the ER, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like an idiot that day, but I, I just fucking persevered, worked my ass off and ran around trying my best. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's what half of nursing is. You, you hear from people, they're just running around trying to do 10 things, you know? Yeah. It and sounds I think crazy. you can't really multitask. They've, done a bunch of research on that you have to focus on one thing at a time because when you start to multitask you're distracting yourself and spreading yourself thin and not really getting anything done so i try to just stay focused like on one patient at a time i'm like i had a very sick other 100 year old patient that was doing all the work on and then my charge nurse is like hey we're innovating the one next door i don't even know why she's there i was just talking to her five minutes ago so hey how you doing pretty good and now we're sticking a tube down her neck. I'm like, what? What the fuck is going on? Yeah, dude. I was telling uh, Emily that recently because she's Emily, the other E and E and E podcast. Uh, she's not here, but I was telling her she does so much. She has her chore errand list every day, every weekend is so ridiculous. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't do all these things and do them well. Like, you yeah. got to pick a couple things. Like for me, I, t- I tell people no a lot, or I say I don't want to go to things. It's not because I'm a jerk. It's because I'm like. I can only do a couple things and like actually enjoy them and do them, you know? Yeah, and do them right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like one of the toughest parts of nursing probably is like you're kind of operating on the fly. You know, you have like a, some principles and standard operating procedures, but you know, for me and my job, I have a job aid. So if I don't know, I just bust out the job aid, you know, flip over to, you know, the appendix, find exactly what I'm looking for. But like, oh, this is how I do it, you know? Whereas you might be treating someone with like bronchitis or something, and next time, next minute someone comes in with a missing leg and you got to do that and it's like all right we don't know exactly what to do but here's best practice this should work and i think that would be a little bit of a challenge for sure it is um like last night we coded somebody so their heart stopped he looked like it was going to come back but we got a heartbeat back we had to do a lot a lot of compressions a lot of medicines we had to push um anyways we brought him back but even that cluster fuck like it somehow worked to where we gave him a chance. So, dude, I wonder what's going through your brain when you're coding. You're dying. You know, I hear like you get these us intense, or the patient. No, like the like a person. Like you're the oh. one dying. Well, they talk about people like being able to hear people. Like like when they go through a surgery and they're sedated, they can hear and stuff. So you have to be careful what you say. They yeah. can remember it. So I'm not I'm not too sure. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard something interesting on this. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where I heard it or who I heard it from or if there's any facts to it. But I've heard, like, before you die, um, yeah. So we don't know who because they've had to come back to life to explain this. So it's completely theoretical. But I've heard that, like, when people say, oh, my life flashed before my eyes, it's literally because your brain is going through your entire life and just going super fast through everything, trying to find a solution for what problem you're facing and how to solve it to keep you alive. And that's what I've heard when you're on your deathbed. Yeah. I think the ultimate question is what happens when you die? Yeah. The ultimate. Because from what I've heard, too, like to play on that, so like the chemical that's released is DMT, right? That's what Mm -hmm. they say. DMT is produced in the pineal gland. They say that's like your third eye or whatever. It's also like in your liver, I think, too, Mm -hmm. from what I've heard on Joe Rogan. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, pretty much. So, but anyways, I hear that that, that's what's being triggered and you're having it like, basically like a powerful DMT trip 
as you're dying because your brain's just freaking out. So it's like, but is that, is there something to that altered mm-hmm. state of consciousness? Like, are you really experiencing, you know, like stepping into the next realm, yeah. domain, whatever, you know? I think, I just wonder. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening. Like, yeah. The psychedelics are increasing in advocacy and understanding that they're helping people. So, like psilocybin is, I think, eventually going to be legal in this country. Like, there's I love very the way little you pronounce it like that because I think that's the proper way to say it too. Psilocybin, yeah. Psilocybin. So much Can you explain that for the viewers and so, me? <laughs> <laughs> so, psilocybin is mushrooms. Mushrooms. You think of mushrooms, you think of some hippie that goes out in the forest and freaks out because the trees come to life. And he's like, it doesn't work for a living, but they're using psilocybin for like treating depression. They're using it from extending past your ego. So you realize we're so stressed all the time, especially here in America, that we don't realize that we don't live here very long and what's actually important. Like we have very polarizing topics like politics. We should talk about politics. The problem is we don't even get to the conversation because you're this, I'm that, you're wrong, I'm right. So psychedelics, for um, instance, like psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, ayahuasca, um, peyote is what the Native Americans used. Yeah. So all that stuff has an effect where it makes us happier, it gives us more balance, and kind of expands our mind. Yeah, I had a conversation with Emily last night. We were talking about, about that, like really understanding what life is about, what stresses us out, and you do have to get past the ego, you know, and I haven't had any crazy psychedelic trips to get me to that point, but it's, I just think it's true. It's like, we could focus on work, making money, buying the new car, buying the next house. What's the next logical step? Oh, I need to get the big house, the big car, the stuff. But really it's like, what makes you actually happy? You know, they say the same, uh, dopamine trigger for eating a bowl of ice cream is the same as when you like buy a purse or a car. It's no matter what, you're just getting the same registered hit, whether you're dropping tons of money or buying an ice cream cone. Yeah, you know? So think about the last time you bought something. Let's yeah. say I bought golf clubs. I golf quite often, so I do use them, but I don't have a lot of joy having them. I bought them. You mm-hmm. adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why money's important and what you buy and what you value. But people, we're, we're consumed by more is better, which isn't true. No, it's like, I'm so happy right now sitting down with you guys, people I like, care about, want to talk to, and doing a podcast. This is, I'm in hog heaven. I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> this makes me happy. Yeah. You know, I don't need to go out or go to Coachella and, you know yeah, what I mean? No. Go to do whatever, go buy a new car. Or, or be a millennial car. and travel the world. Like, what's up with that? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Dude. like Egypt, but I don't have to... F- see the fucking pyramid right yeah. next to it you know like <laughs> it looks cool like i don't know it's maybe like go. a wanderlust thing i'm just too. like oh millennials like you have to travel the world how do you know yourself yeah you, you don't even know you're not even characterized <laughs> diversified and you know i don't I hate to be this judgmental guy but i don't give a shit to go to europe yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would, want to. I would maybe go. one day i'd go but, but if i don't you know what i still had a great life yeah like shit america's pretty great man like yeah. i went to mexico for the first time went to cancun and i was elated because i got one stamp on my damn passport and i'm yeah. like that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah dude not that i've had like vast travel experiences but from my experiences i have had i've had one key takeaway because i've had great vacations and i've had horrible vacations and the one key takeaway is it really doesn't matter where you are because i'd rather be with awesome people and 
Ramadi than be, you know, out in like, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii with people that suck. Yeah, I mean, literally the people you're with make the biggest difference wherever you are, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, can you imagine? Let's say you're, you're with your wife you hate and you're in Spain. You still fucking don't like your wife. So yeah, exactly. if you love your wife and you're in the back of your truck up north, like here in Arizona, you probably love it. It Dude, depends. Yeah. I mean, like it all depends on too, like why you're, you do want to travel or go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I went to South Africa and I was there on a volunteer trip and yeah, I wanted to go on a safari and I went and did the, like the world's tallest bridge bungee jump thing. And that was cool. But I was there to get like this radically different experience of like, how do other people live? How to, you know, immerse myself in their culture and really change my own viewpoints and perspective. But probably 70% of other volunteers who were there, first of all, they're all uh, gap year, high school gap year, college gap year. I love how um, there's names to everything. I know, it's ridiculous. And they're all there parting their asses off, yeah. all just, gap just year doing is the party dumbest year. stuff. I'm like, why didn't you go to Vegas? Why did you come to yeah. Musenberg, South Africa to get laid and drunk like, you can what get are laid you anywhere here? and get drunk anywhere. Yeah, yeah it's like, why yeah. did you come? And and I and most of them, they just took the picture. It's on their Instagram. It's on their yeah. Facebook. They want to go see the Eiffel Tower. They want to go do this. They, I don't know. I think it's all. There's so much of an image, a house of cards. But what are people really doing to like be open minded? Understand that like other people have different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. How can I kind of tap into that? Yeah, and we have a ton of diversity in America. That's what makes it yeah. really great. I meet immigrants all the time and all of us are immigrants at some point, but you don't have to travel the world to get that experience. Dude, like, and that's the same thing, like I mean, we're all Americans, right? America, but um, <laughs> I only speak English. Like, it'd be cool to speak another language, but I speak English, and that's the other thing is so many people I meet that are, you know, European or from somewhere else, they speak all these other languages, and Christian, I was like, man, people think they're better than me because I speak three languages, but Christian had a good, you drew up that little map thing, remember, your, oh, your point? You yeah. want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, so basically, I just, like, drew a map of the U.S. as best I could, <laughs> and then... I drew the map of like Europe as best I could. And then I drew a circle that was like in the same diameter around the US. And I drew that exact same circle around Europe. And I said, how many languages do you need to know in this circle in the US to get by? And it was like English. That's all you need to know that's in the circle. And in that same circle that I drew around Europe, I'm like, how many languages do you need to know to get by here? And it's like, well, you might need to know like three or four languages to get by. So it's just, it's more of a function of need. Do we need to do this? Because if we need to do it, we would do it. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah, I think it would be cool to have multiple languages. I'm not against that. We're one of the only nations that doesn't teach multiple languages it's just standardized in other countries my buddy's from ukraine he knows russian i think ukraine's like a version of that and then i think he's he can kind of speak light italian or something and that's given him his career actually is that he speaks russian in the air force oh yeah i mean it's super helpful if you speak spanish out here you can get a job you can pay way more i think Mm -hmm. police officers have told me they get paid like 10 more bucks an hour just Mm -hmm. to know spanish it's helpful but i'm like don't uh don't put your nose up to me. No, to speak another language. I can never do that. I can with do more pull-ups. You can, <laughs> let's go run up. Most people can't even do a pull-up. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. What happens when you're on a ledge and it's just you and your body? I know. You should be able to do one pull-up. You know okay. what? A lot of people. You're gonna fall off. You don't realize is how long can you hang? 
Oh yeah, that's that's a good way to start. Yeah, that is a good Mm -hmm. indicator of your grip strength and Mm -hmm. your overall. You know, are you a bitch or not? Yeah, (laughs) I think exercise is so vital and so important. I think everyone should do it, but you just got to find what you love or what you enjoy. I hate when people say I don't enjoy it, and I'm like. What do you not enjoy? You don't enjoy pushing your body, getting a pump, looking good. Like you don't enjoy being healthier. The fuck is wrong with you? Like <laughs> I know, dude. It's like I, I think about that too. I'm like, well, don't you enjoy the feeling afterwards? You don't leave the gym thinking like, ah, oh, I can't believe I worked out. I enjoy the feeling during. I love yeah. the pain and the yeah. suffering. And well, you're more dialed in than most people. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm weird, but. I like look at people and I get driven. I, I do more tire flips because I see a, a guy over there pushing hard, some hot chick that's ripping it. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm doing another set of tire flips, baby. And <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing sweat around, you know? Dude, that's my favorite when you're in the gym and maybe I'll be a little out of it. I'm like, ah, maybe I'll do one or two more sets. And some chick walks by and those Lululemon leggings are just worn the right way. I'm like, I can maybe do four more sets. I don't know. Yeah, I know. They've they do squat thrusters all day. Like, do you do anything else? Do you... Yeah, they do the thing on the stair climber. They oh, where they their kick leg their legs out? out. Kick their legs <laughs> leg out. It's so cute. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you, you're going to pull a hammy. Yeah, they go to the bathroom and take the, the boomerang where they like pop their butt out, you oh, know, and yeah. twist. Like, yeah. boom, little boomerang. God. Uh, a girl has, a, what, 20? 50,000 likes. Oh, God. Just put your butt on Instagram and you're famous. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You could... Uh, have some guy who's curing cancer start an Instagram and talk about these crazy prolific things and yeah, 400 maybe followers, just a solid butt on Instagram. Millions. Yeah. 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 Change the world. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm like a like pictures, but if I can't actually do something with that I mean, I still double butt, tap those photos. Yeah. But. I mean, <laughs> I like to spread love, but oh, it's way better in real life. Looking at pictures, you know, it's like pictures, eh. dude. We've been down this yeah. one uh, on episode eight about the picture thing, man. And we said it. And I say it again. Give me that nude face, no makeup, yeah. flush, sweaty. Oh yeah, that's what we want. So I'm dating a girl, and hey, it's unexpected. It's been over three months. It's kind of hush hush because we work together, but. Anyways, I just <laughs> now it's on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever, fuck it, you know, it's gonna get out. Um, but anyways, I met her, and I've always been super attracted to her. And she's not like this fitness person; she doesn't work out or anything really. She works out sometimes, but I think she's she's stunning. She's gorgeous. I love her without makeup, with makeup, naked, with clothes on. <laughs> like I love it all around. So you you got to have that attraction. Yeah, it's the best way to be, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to be able to like look at you and like. Like one time I licked the side of her face and it kind of grossed her out. But I was like, you know what? And I just gave her a big lick and I'm like, I love that face. Yeah. Just, <laughs> man. Oh, it's great. Just yeah. doggy. Just give it a nice doggy yeah. lick. Yep. She doesn't want me to do that again, but it was funny. And then I love her hair when it's, it doesn't, it's weird, but I like it when it's oily and she hasn't washed it in a couple of days. I smell it. I'm like, oh my God, that's so hot. Like, I, I don't know why. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I just feel oh, as a great. Man, yeah, I feel as a man, you just got to be a savage motherfucker, right? <laughs> like that's who we are. Yeah, we're yeah. very primal. Yeah, this whole like there's off limits. No, she could go to the gym, have a sweaty ass workout, and I'm gonna go down on her. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. There is no no. I don't believe yeah. in that. Like you, man, the fuck up. 
Maybe oh, it's my man. allergies. I don't have a great scent anyways, but, you know. Hey, man, it seems like you like her a lot. Yeah, it's going really well. So, that's good. That's like when you told me, you're like, I got in her car the other day. She had a Dave Ramsey book. I was like, did you put oh that god. there? Oh, my God. I was so turned on. Yeah. So, God, money. You want to talk money. about money? We can talk about money. Oh. Well, let's, let's address um, something. So, I've had a plethora of dating experience throughout the years. Like, sometimes I don't feel like I've dated a lot, but then I reflect. It's a lot. So... <laughs> A lot of first dates, a lot of tenth dates, you know, <laughs> a lot of short relationships, some longer ones. Yep. But deep down, I've always wanted just to have one person to grow with. And that's that's the ultimate. I think it's the ultimate thing to have. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I've been on more first dates in this last two years than I think most people have in a lifetime. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I've been on so many coffee dates or whatever it is, you know. I've been just, but you're trying. Yeah, like, I'm trying. Hell yeah, yeah, man! Like you're you're trying, but I think everyone deep down wants love, wants attachment, wants affection, wants someone to talk to at the end of the day. Like, would it be cool to bang all the women on earth? Yeah, it'd be pretty fucking cool, right? <laughs> but it's never enough. There's no, not like a magic enough Johnson. vagina. Like in the world. I'm sorry. You, you could have 16 billion women. I'd be like, you know what? I could have 10 more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Many, many men have tried and failed. Yeah. Ben and, Franklin. Yeah, exactly. Died of syphilis. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Yeah. Genghis Khan. Dude, yeah. Genghis Khan. I hear that like 3% of people on the planet Earth can trace to their origin, yeah. origins to him. Because he, well, he was a pretty horrible person, right? Yeah. He just murdered a little bunch of people too. Yeah, and they say he, was a good leader, uh, I guess. he had, because of that, he had like horrific, most likely, you know, like syphilis. Oh. And it causes you to go insane. Yeah. Well, so for most of his life, he was just insane. He has a legacy. He had uh, that policy. <laughs> so when they were like going somewhere, going to war, and they're just down, they couldn't get food. And whatnot. I heard it was a one in ten rule. So every he group all his men into ten, and they pick one to eat. God, that's wild. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? Yeah, you throw a stick in the middle of the group and say, "Hey, we're eating Bob. Kill the weakest one." Yeah, yeah you better make sure you're pretty fit. Fuck, yeah. You can defend yourself. Fifty yeah. percent of our population right now. Seventy-five percent of our population can't even do a pull-up. So there's a lot of people that'd be eating. Yeah. I'd say it might even be higher. Yeah, maybe I'm being nice. You're being nice. (laughs) But even on that, we've talked before, it's like, or two, like 90% of people can't even afford a a $500, you know, car expense or, you know what I mean? Money. Money. Dave Ramsey. What is money? So I'll, I'll bring up how I even found Dave Ramsey. So I... My mom is a spender. She still is. She's been bankrupt multiple times and she fills her life with buying stuff. Like it's very unfulfilling. And my dad's more of a saver, but, um, and more intentional. But anyways, I racked up a ton of debt after I came back from the military at 21 years old. And I had a car payment, a high credit card, a dirt bike at 30%, a credit card at 30%. I was drowning in debt. This is post-recession, because the recession hit our group really hard. And um, I was Googling at USA, I got a job, and I found Dave Ramsey. I just Googled debt, and he has these the seven-step plan called the baby steps. And I never even listened to him for years. I just followed the steps, because I had something to aim for. 
and it made sense to me is you know save a thousand dollars pay off your debt other than your house save three to six months emergency fund invest 15 percent um kids college fund pay off your house and then give and save um it just made sense to me i'm such a logical person like, yeah, that's how it was. I read uh, the total money makeover, mm-hmm. and he has all that stuff in there. I'm like, yeah, all this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's very logical. Now, I talk to really smart people, and they're like, well, it doesn't work for me, or you know, that's stupid. I use credit cards for airline miles. Hey, look, man, that's good. You pay off your credit card every month. Good for you. But 97% of people don't do that. So for the consensus, it's a good advice. Plus, when you use a card, there's no attachment, which I'm guilty of. I use credit cards, but there's no attachment to swiping. Like there's no pain receptors activation. So when you use cash, you're like, fuck, I'm losing money. When you're using a card, you're like, fuck it, Red Bulls and Vodkas, baby. Who <laughs> exactly, wants some? Right? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at your card statement the next day and you're like, I don't, did I spend that? Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah, so that's it. All makes sense. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm trying to pull up credit card debt in America right now. It's, it's over a trillion dollars. According to the Federal Reserve, Americans owe a record of 1.04 trillion in credit card debt, yeah. up from less than 854 billion five mm-hmm. years ago. So we've stacked on a couple hundred yeah, more billion. And, and there is like what 16 million followers of Dave Ramsey, so they're against it. But the average person, we have over 300 million in this country, and we're taught more and more and more. And to fill your life with debt, and it's okay to have debt. And when the economy goes down, you're going to suffer. Warren Buffett says, um, You see the real, I forget what it is, it's you see who's skinny dipping when the tide comes in. Yeah, right. right. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, all these sure. people that are like, hey, you should buy Bitcoin. I'm sure you're going to be a millionaire buying Bitcoin. Yeah, if you bought yeah. 10 years ago. I was going to say, yeah, it's what, 3,000 <laughs> a, a coin now? Yeah, I wish I bought Microsoft 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what does that mean? I wish I bought gold in 1925. <laughs> <laughs> people in their funny, like, here, this is how you make it rich. No, man, you got to save every month. You got to live on less than you make, pay off your debt. And that's the key, right? Russ Perot, you know him? You ever heard yeah. of him? Yeah. So he's like a billionaire or whatever. He started out where him and his wife both had incomes and he saved his, I think it was his wife's complete income was just a saving. So paying off that saving and now he's a billionaire. So he's extreme, but really, really cool, right? Like most of us have two incomes. It's embarrassing that you can't afford a $500 emergency like you're not using your money very wisely mm-hmm. like a think about a couple that makes a hundred grand that's a lot in arizona or 60 grand like two two incomes you make 40 and 40 that's 80 like oh yeah and if if you it's about living within your means like you said mm-hmm. and if you can figure out what those means are the value of a dollar really goes up it does it yeah. does and you can really do some cool things yeah i budget every month i use a free app on my phone it's called every dollar it's really easy. I like doing it because every month I look at what I say, what versus I spent and I have a goal to hit sometimes a little out of it, but I, I always hit my overall and it's just cool. You're like, I'm always stoked for the end of the month because mm-hmm. I'm like, what can I put this money towards? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm saving for a new iPhone or uh, I'm going to start paying off my house early and stuff like that. But yeah, and I'm not against people buying some things that mm-hmm. are really valuable to them and that's cool and if you save for it and you buy it like awesome oh yeah you but enjoy it even more stop living in a in a way that's only fueled by a never-ending appetite of like the next thing the next yeah. thing the next thing and just and that's buying, not even buying just money buying. But yeah it's too. it's pretty much a overall life virtue mm-hmm. um but it's, it's just even better when you 
when you live in a way like you're living within your means, you could save for something, and then when you do get it, it has more value. Way more value, you know? yeah. Because like, you don't oh, really own just... something if you have debt. You don't yeah. really own it, right? Yeah, you the don't. Bank, where the credit card owns it. You don't own a car, they'll come repo if you stop paying that they bill. They will repo that shit Oh, quick. yeah. Uh, foreclose on your house you who don't owns really your own house it. every month i get pissed off i look at my house payment i'm mm. like what do you mean 500 plus dollars goes to interest yeah. you motherfuckers oh, it's Fargo. Big, especially that first year <laughs> oh my god it's brutal i'm like Ugh. and then like 300 dollars goes to principal and i'm like that doesn't make sense did you know the banks actually don't have even a tenth of what they actually loan out so if everyone called their loans they 20% of people call their loans say you have to go under. Like, it's it's so sketchy. When yeah, it's called it a banking holiday, right? Yeah, something. Yeah, like a run on the banks. It's it's ridiculous. Like, they make up this money, basically, and say, I'm loaning this for you. And, like, you don't actually own that money. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. It really is. It's kind of scary when you think about it because you're like, wow, these, these legitimately are just numbers in a computer. That like, is there's scary. not... This is yeah. all a faith-based system. Is, we all have scary. faith in the market. We have faith yeah. in the financial institutions. Yeah. That faith alone is the only yeah. thing that keeps us together. And we become more and it's more really kind of weird. Yeah, more and more integrated. And I can't reliant wait. Reliant on it. I think the most, what's really cool is we're going to have a one monetary system eventually, like a type of Bitcoin. Because why do we have different forms of monetary? Like you go to Europe, you have to use the euro versus ours and the, the trading of it and all that stuff. But they're talking about like Bitcoin being worldwide and that's going to help impact growth in like places like Africa that they don't have dollars or like Zimbabwe where they had like crazy inflation where they have like million dollar bills. It means nothing. Yeah. Like they literally have million, I, I don't know if it's Zimbabwe, but something in Africa and they have like million, like bills with million dollars. It's like monopoly money. It's hilarious. Like what? Here's a trillion dollars for you, for yeah. your bread. Yeah. That's how I felt in South Africa. I'd go to the bank and pull out what was 75 US dollars, you know, and I would get in US or South African Rand, I would get a thousand Rand for $75 and it came out like monopoly. It was just stacks of cash. I was like, man, I have so much paper cash but mm. it's not that much because then i go to buy some things from the grocery store and it's like yeah oh this will be 350 rand and you're like oh i got like four things yeah, <laughs> it's just like you just, just burn weird. it just keep you warm you know let's talk about your fast christian oh yeah i want to hear about that yeah so i went on a fast um thursday night ate dinner and then uh went full 24 hours worked out had a pretty hardcore workout didn't really uh, feel the effects of it. Like I didn't feel lightheaded or anything like that. I felt great actually, but I ended up breaking my fast at 23 hours because uh, one of my friends invited me to a baseball game, and uh, we were sitting in the corporate seating. She works for Bank of America. She's kind of like my sugar mama actually, but not entirely. Um, but yeah, she brought her uh, her Bank of America credit card, and I had an ice cream sandwich, and I had some fried chicken sandwich and uh it was good it was good so that's how i broke my fast eating very unhealthy i kind of wanted it to end in a good way but you know it's still it is what discipline it is. to go 23 hours without eating yeah that's impressive yeah it felt good you know i did feel like it reset my stomach how people say you know yeah you talked about how a rash went away yeah yeah i had Maybe a rash i had a rash not. on my face actually it was pretty uh, nasty looking, mm -hmm. and I kid you not, I woke up the next day and it was gone. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's some allergy or something that I had that I was eating. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but 
I might stick do this maybe once a week or something like that. And keep us posted on it. So we'll yeah. have to see in like six weeks how you feel. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to keep you updated. So the research is saying like four days is like an optimal fast. And at some point I'd like to try it. It's going to be hard. But just to have a goal like that would be really cool. Like reset your body, reset your GI tract, reset your your autoimmune system, your I don't know, your brain, your emotions. Yeah. Like we have yeah. so many chemicals and toxins and crap in our body that has been there for a long time. Like I'm going to do a coffee enema, by the way. I've been talking about <laughs> it. I got to do it. But um, yeah, it's going to happen. But like... I don't know. I just think all this stuff is super interesting. Like, yeah. try it. Yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? You lose some weight? Great. Yeah. Okay. You can gain I it mean, back. You, you can do it so long, too. Yeah. I mean, like, you see, you see, like, even people, like, when they're, like, you can just talk about concentration camps. Like, they lived on, like, you know, five ounces of bread and, like, soup for, like, a year. Or you can talk about POWs. Like, it's like a ball of rice and wood chips. Yeah. once a day you know what i mean like your body can go quite some time without food and obviously those aren't like optimal conditions for it but it's not going to destroy your body to take like four days off of eating you no. know probably be a good thing for you actually really with good. all the chemicals pumped in food these days so yeah it'd be worth a shot you know that's why when it comes to health comes to fitness nutrition all that stuff i think try something unless mm-hmm. it sounds you know just weird like you're going to get hurt or something but just know the risk and rewards but we're finding more and more things that are our body is the best thing we have and it's gone through thousands of years of adapting through feast or famine usually famine so now we just we're gluttons and we just eat and stuff our face all day long yeah man we used to have to like shoot a saber-toothed tiger or some shit yeah and then eat that then not eat for a week yeah you know and then eat some leaves or some shit because (laughs) we had nothing going on yeah eating is like such a social thing too now like it is a social social thing you're like you're like what do you want to do oh let's go out for lunch yeah, let's go you know let's let's go to starbucks and get like a thousand calorie you know oh yeah latte let's, let's get or the something. unicorn yeah. drink like, you know that unicorn drink it was yeah. like it was like something ridiculous your sugar for the week or something stupid <laughs> can i have the unicorn drink it's like pink purple and like i forget like 150 grams of sugar like ridiculous yeah. your yeah. body doesn't have no way of processing that yeah mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's cool. I love people that are disciplined and willing to try new things. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. You never know. You might like it. Yeah. I'm going to try something. I'll keep people posted. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to talk about was careers. I think that's pretty interesting. Like, So I think the ultimate goal is finding something you love to do. I think doing something where you don't even really focus on the time you're focus you're in tune and you wake up on monday and you're looking forward to it i've never truly had that yeah i haven't have you guys no i don't know if i've had that but talking about monday actually so i kid you not this happened a couple months ago with my company was uh we had a new hiring class come in and they were training and they trained for like three weeks and then eventually um they came out to the floor with us and uh there's a there's a guy. It was Monday. He didn't show up. He didn't show up to work, and it was kind of uncharacteristic from what I heard his classmates say. <clears throat> so, anyways, my boss texted him, said, "Hey, this is a no call, no show. We're gonna uh, write you up for this." No response. And then the next day, he didn't show up, and my boss was like, "All right, you're fired now." Sent him that text. So a couple of his classmates were texting him. There was no response. Anyways, his sister eventually did a called the police for a welfare check, and they literally found him dead. 
uh, with his keys in one hand and his phone in his other hand. And um, he's getting ready to walk out the door. So everyone's assuming that happened on Monday. And he had a massive heart attack. And what I actually came to find out was Monday around this like 7 or 8 o'clock is the most common time for a heart attack because people are yeah. so stressed about going back to work. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. That exact stat. Isn't that sad? It, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, be humble and understand you're working, which is honorable and you're providing food and money and whatever. But like, why do we work this eight to five factory schedule since Henry Ford adapted from six days? Like, what? Yeah, dude, the fact that we uh, <clears throat> have to have a Labor Day, you know, literally f- because of people hating <laughs> working, you know what yeah. I mean? That's like why they made the holiday Labor Day, because people, you know, it's like, why why do we all have to be thrown into that, you know, 40 hours, 8 to 5, in an office, you know? Especially yeah. like today, like, you could do so much work remotely, you can be, you can, that's, I mean, a lot of companies, they're not paying people, or they're not bringing in certain jobs, because they can contract it out mm-hmm. for, to do other things, and I think it's a good thing, and, yeah. I, and a lot of jobs that are going to get automated are a lot of those kinds of jobs that people yeah. hate, yeah. and I'm all, I'm all for it. Productivity-wise, we're only good for like four hours a day. We're really productive. And an eight-hour day, we're not as productive. We're more distracted. We're more on Facebook doing stupid shit. You're just there filling in the time. Mm-hmm. Like when I clock in, I feel like Fred Flintstone. I'm like, clock in, clock out like a robot. Like, what is this? Yeah. You, know, you oh, feel like, know, a ro- like a machine. Like you're just doing the same, like same building, same drive, oh, same hours, I, same I get routine. Like, I get like depressed after like six months to a year. I'm like, fuck. Guess it's another Tuesday. Hey, Susie, how's your day at the office? You know, it's like, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, you see your coworkers, you're like, hey, what's up, so-and-so, and they just look at you like, another Monday. Yeah, just at work, you know, boss is being a dick again. Is it Friday yet? Yeah, hey, let's go to the water cooler and talk shit about everybody and how we hate our fucking jobs, but don't do anything about it. Uh, oh, I know, dude. Like the average person, let's say, makes forty grand. There's a lot of ways to make forty grand, right? Um, I'm not an entrepreneur necessarily. I don't even like that word. I think it's overused. Everyone thinks they're an entrepreneur because they post a video on Instagram. Yeah, you right? sell a T-shirt. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're an entrepreneur. I guess you're Eric. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, I mean, so you can start saying entrepreneur, that. Uh, producer, E and E, the yeah. entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I guess. I mean, I hope you're successful, but the word is overused. Gary oh, V yeah. is an entrepreneur, but he's a freak, right? Yeah, he's just an absolute beast. But. I like Gary Vee because he is, you know, a guy that has these crazy goals like buying the Jets and he's he's won a ton and also failed, but he's also happy for the guy that makes 50 grand and has a family, gets to come home at night and see his kids and he has a happy, fulfilled life. You have to find deep down what's going to make you happy. I know with me, I've done a lot of self-reflection. I've had a ton of jobs, which I used to feel bad about because I was like, man, I can't last. But I'm like, no, that's not true. A, I'm able to adapt. I'm able to change and I think you never give up until you find something that truly makes you happy. Yeah, and you have to go through, I hated that job, I didn't like mm-hmm. that job, I, mean, I moved, I did another one, I did another one. Yeah. Like I have a laundry list of jobs, and yeah, you yeah, could be like, good. oh, it looks like you can't hold down one. I'm like, well, no. I didn't like it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What? So I'm going to stay in a job I don't like no. just so that it looks good? Like, yeah, that doesn't your, make sense. Your company will fire you for no reason. Like yeah. they don't have any loyalty to you. Oh, you're you are a no, you're an HR number. Yeah, I don't you, care what they tell you. You have to take care of number one. And 
I think when people are more when people are happy in their career, you have such a more fulfilled, more balanced, and just overall happier life. And well, yeah, I'm still looking for it. It's a good segue too. While we're on jobs, is that I think in tandem with jobs, you need to find things that you do enjoy and have passion for, or else that leads you to, oh, I just want to you know buy food, buy this, buy that. You know, when you have something you enjoy. So for me, it's exercise, this podcast. Mm-hmm you know, trying to grow this podcast, the brand, doing all that. It keeps me busy, but it keeps me jacked up, you know, yeah. reaching out, finding people like Jeremy Ogle, like I did. That was, that was cool. You know, lining up the future podcast I have it makes me happy. I know Christian started doing uh Krav Maga, like how long ago? How long have you been doing it now? Uh, about, about two months. Two months. Yeah. And I mean, you've always been big into exercise as well, but you kind of, even with that, you can get a little stagnant, but you seem to really like it. Yeah, I think it's important to find like your next challenge or some kind of challenge, do something different, you know. I think there's I think it's horrible the, you know, just going to work or have the mindset where you just go into work, collect a paycheck, pay a mortgage, pay off your car, whatever, and then that's it and then it's like a wash, rinse, repeat routine and do that day in day out. Like that's that's not what living really is, you know. Like mm-hmm. people want some purpose to what they're doing. Um, so I think it is good to like kind of challenge yourself in other ways to grow and develop, you know, like what are you doing for like, you know, to grow professionally or, you know, grow relationally with like, you know, your friends, um, you know, maybe grow, you know, spiritually or creatively, you know, are you learning a new language or learning a new skill of some sort? Like, what are you doing in those areas? Cause they might help you out and unlock something else inside you that you didn't know you had, you know, and. I think that's really important to keep that challenge going. So I used to think life was like you reached a plateau and you were there, right? And I keep realizing that you know, when I'm about to graduate in your practitioner school, I didn't, I'm about to June, which I'm very excited. It's been like six, seven years of school straight and I'm not a big fan of school overall, but I realized that there's no such thing as this plateau. You reach that next step, you celebrate and you look for the next goal. Like, be content, be humble where you're at, appreciate where you came from, but, like, the journey is the enjoyable part. Like, losing the weight, like, being in that process is so rewarding. Building that amazing relationship with your wife or husband is the most rewarding one. Creating your kids and parenting along the way is what creates the happiness. It's not, you know, let's get to the destination always. Destination's great, but it's the journey that's the meat and potatoes. Yeah, people, we create things. We create lives for ourselves. We create a family. So creation is a huge part of who we are inevitably. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing something like, you know, learning a new skill, you're, you know, you're creating this whole thing within you. And it, like Christian said, it unlocks different pathways in your life that you didn't know were there mm-hmm. or not. I know it's no for me personally, like when I was going to school, uh, I graduated last May. So like a year ago I graduated with my bachelor's and that was like a two and a half year process and I was working full time. I was going to school full time online. And then the last uh, eight months I had to do an internship on top of that. But that was like my, almost like my thing, my side thing. So I was working, but then on the side, I'm like, I'm accomplishing this goal. I want to go to school. I want to get my, you know, finish this thing I started. And when I finished that, and then I was just working, I, you know, it took a period of like six to eight months where all I was doing is working, going to the gym, reading books, you know, just kind of living life. But I was like, okay, I need, I need that other thing. What is it? And it's good to go through a period where you reflect because you're not going to know right away. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just maybe dive into things that you're not too sure about. 
and then I feel like I got to a good point where um, we were able to start like this podcast and now I'm able to have this other goal on the side. And I think without these kinds of things, people just work and they get stagnant and then it's another week, another month, another mm-hmm. year, the same thing. They're discontent. They feel depressed. Why do I have like, why do I feel gloomy all the time? Why do I have anxiety? Well, why wouldn't you have anxiety? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing that excites you? Yeah. Um, I think it was, who's that, oh, who's that coach? Uh, is it Jimmy V? Yeah, uh, Jimmy v. NC State. Yeah. They won in the 80s. They have the, mm-hmm. Val, is it Valvano? Or uh, Jimmy Valvano. Jimmy yeah. Valvano. So on... When he won an SB in the 80s or 90s, I think it was, he had cancer. He was dying of cancer. Um, and people are like, how are you so happy? Because he is just full of energy, full of life. He's, like he says, I got tumors and cancer all over my body, but I'm still happy. He's like, every single day you should find something that makes you laugh, find something that moves your emotions, and um, spend some time in thought. And he's like, if you spend time in thought, you laugh, and you cry, that's a full day. Like, that's a heavy full day. If you do that for 365 a year, that's an incredible life just there. But yeah. how many people do that? You know, how many people are they just growing through the motions? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to get the kids. I got to go do this. I got to go to work. I got to, oh, by the time you get home, it's like, I just want to sit down and, you know, drink some barefoot Moscato and watch Game of Thrones. You know? Yeah. It's and like, oh, I'm so passionate about mental health. So suicide is a top 10 form of death. That stat alone is super sad. Like, that's, that's, no reason that should even be I think uh, suicide just surpassed something for the most right it might be uh, heart, to- I think it was heart attacks it just surpassed heart attacks for the Did number it? one reason uh-huh. like Americans are dying really I think so uh-huh. I'll look it up you guys okay, keep talking because that's been number one for a long time heart attacks but either way even top ten like that's super sad it's not an illness like I mean Mental health, oh man, I, you know, I got a personal experience with it. I have professional and it's complex, but people are unhappier now than they've ever been. And mm-hmm. a lot of it's just the life we live. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly it is good and how Eric was talking about like when, you know, people are experiencing like depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or something like that. I think to an extent that's actually really healthy because I think you need to take that as a sign to like, okay, why do I feel this way? Yeah. You really need to look at that like as kind of a sign in your life, you know? What are, what are these triggers here that make me feel this way? Or if, like things that upset you, or things that even make you happy, but like, okay, how did I get here? What was it that made me feel this way? And mm-hmm. these are the things you really need to analyze so you can figure out what you wanna do with your life. Oh, this upsets me, maybe I shouldn't do this. This makes me happy? Yeah, that's something I should pursue. This makes me sad? Um, maybe I should avoid doing that, you know, and these are like roadmaps that you really need to pay attention to. You know, you're driving down the road, you look at stop signs, you look at yield signs, otherwise you're going to get in an accident. These are the same kind of things in your life. You need to look at and evaluate them and abide by them because these are like how you're made and what you value and what you do affects it, you know. I think that's a great point. I think I just read a book called Free to Focus. I really recommend it. I, I read books all the time. And it was talking about how the new generation, I think it was from like, I forget what, maybe it's millennials on, that have been taught that it's, you're supposed to be happy all the time, Mm, which is not possible. It's unrealistic. That's what our social media looks like. It's not true. Like, it's okay to be sad. Like, you just lost your mom. Like, if you're not sad and you were close to her, that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be on a medicine to help support you. Maybe for some people, but... 
you know, it's good to have these emotions. It meant you care about her. It meant like it's a natural kind of reaction. Yeah. Grieving is normal. Yeah. So we have to understand that, you know, you break up with your girlfriend or whatever of 10 years or five years or whatever. It's normal to be sad. Yeah. Like embrace that emotion uh-huh. and understand that what can you do next time so that you learn from it and hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I love what Jordan Peterson says about it. He's like, don't pursue happiness, pursue meaning. Yeah, because happiness is so fleeting. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like catching water in your hands. It's just going to keep falling through. Yeah. What is happiness, man? Yeah. I'm happier now doing this podcast than I would be. Well, I'd have a lot of fun raging in Scottsdale right now, but (laughs) I like have a blast with you guys, my close friends, and I'm going to go see my girl here in a little bit. And just that's a nice Saturday. Like, I don't need a lot to make me happy. I don't need to be, I don't know, like what do people do all the time like people are traveling constantly and all this shit like i don't need a lot you need to care about the important things and don't sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. i'm reading another book it's called uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck i really (laughs) like it and it talks about you need to give a fuck about the important things and then not give a fuck about a lot of things yeah uh i've seen that book getting passed around a lot a lot of people read it Mm -hmm. i think it's a good thing though I'm I glad stuff like that is getting more like viral. Yeah, and even like Gary Vee, you know, it. a lot of his viral stuff is. I know he's really intense when you look at a couple things, but when you look at him on the whole, it's be happy. Like I don't yeah. care what it is yeah, to you, man, be like, happy. How many people do a job because mom and dad wanted them to? Yep, degree I, programs. Yeah, I'm, I'm a natural rebel. So if my mom and dad tell me to do something, I'm like, no. No, I'm gonna do what Frank wants to do. And Are you sure about that? Want. Yeah. So I'm lucky my my parents like kind of didn't care and they support me and they know that if they say if you want to motivate me, tell me I can't do something. I'm gonna do it on purpose. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tell me I won't do that, motherfucker. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it right now. You know. Yeah. So I'm that personality naturally, which is good and bad. I'm argumentative when I hear. Um, like a new study comes out, I challenge it. I'm like, you sure it's this way? Like, that's just the natural way, I think. But I'm kind of just rambling on. But No, but yeah, like so many people accept certain societal norms. Just yeah. take it for face value because that's the way people do it. That's what we tell. That's what modern society is built like. We take it and we just go, yeah, you need to... You need to go to college or go here and then get paid this much. Oh yeah, fifteen to twenty dollars—that's nothing. You need to make thirty, forty, fifty. You know, Why, you need to get the, yeah. into a house. You need to go on a vacation mm-hmm. once a year to Disneyland yeah. or whatever the hell it is. Societal pressures. I'm like, you need no. to have kids at this age. You need to do this and go to this school. Um, you got to do you. And yeah. Yeah. Really reflect on yourself. What's actually going to make you happy? And the biggest question I ask everyone is why. So I'll, I'll be like, I'm like, Hey, how's life going? And you get, you know, some candid response. Oh, it's going okay. I'm like, no, really how it's going. And you get a better response. So like, Oh, I'm working a lot. And I go, why? And they'll be like, well, I'm trying to save up a trip. Why? And you know, I just keep asking, ask like five or six times until I get to down to the root of the, of the thing. Right. There's this one girl, this nurse, she works a ton, like six days a week. And I go, why do you work so much? And she's like, well, I like nice things. I go, why? And then eventually I got to the point where she's like, I was raised poor. So it makes me feel good to have nice things. I don't think she has a very fulfilled life, but I hope she's happy. You know, I think she needs to do some self-reflection and be like, why are you working six days a week when you don't get to enjoy your $2,000 Scottsdale apartment? You know, yeah, it's like, uh, People say the same thing. Oh, why do you have to work so much? Why are you working 30 hours, 20 hours of overtime? Well, I got bills, bro. I got bills. 
Well, what are those bills? Is it a car you shouldn't have bought? Is it a toy you shouldn't have bought? Yeah. Is it a, an apartment, like you said, an old town that maybe you shouldn't live there yeah. when you're 23 and you don't make crap, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you got bills, but what bills have you put in your life? Mm-hmm. What bills are actually necessary? Like, what are you spending to literally just sustain yourself? Yeah, you know, the, Those bills would be a lot less if you really you know, dug deep. How, how many people just budget? Like it's, it's a scary word, I guess. It's actually freeing to me. I didn't like budgeting initially because it feels constraining. But after you do it like three months, you feel relieved. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can go spend some fun money. Like no big deal. It's in the budget. It gives you, it gives you rules. Like you kind of have to have guidelines, goals, and boundaries in life for good things to happen. You have to have discipline, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't want that discipline. Discipline no. equals freedom. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's true. And uh, how many people get together get married, relation, whatever, with zero, neither one are dialed in financially, but they don't know what, how the other person is, mm-hmm. and they just suck each other dry. Like, how much how much yeah. marriage and relationships mm-hmm. end because of finances, you know? I've had a lot of relationships, like I said. I was engaged a few years ago, and I wish her the best, by the way. I hope she's doing well. I don't know. We don't talk. But we met, fireworks hit off, and... Uh, there's like the stat between the four topics you kind of have to agree on. One is religion. One is, I think politics is one. Another one is parenting. And the other, oh, no, no, money. Money, parenting, religion, and in-laws. So I was okay with her in-laws. I, we were good with money because we were very like uh, decisive. Ramsey-esque. And, yeah, a little bit. She's a little over the top. Not a good personality for me. But religion, we were off. Like she was far Christian and too much for me because I don't like to be forced to do something. And I knew there was a red flag, but I wanted it to work so bad because I've always wanted to have a wife. I've always wanted to build a life with someone. And it just burnt in flames, man, because I forced this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not really a, you're a very open-minded guy and you're not really ideal. What is that word? Ideological ideology whatever you're not driven in that kind of a way so anything that has like a very like built-in religious you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i hate to say the word religious because we just talked about why the word religion is a little toxified i don't think it should be but Mm -hmm. you know just put in a box you can't put frank in a box yeah so you can't put frank in like the you know baptist box or whatever it is you know because it's just you're too open-minded you're gonna ask too many questions you know what i mean it's just not you and so, yeah, if you can't hit on that with, with a lady. And so self-reflection, right? So I learned right then that the next girl I'm going to meet, the next girl I'm going to date, I, I can't have that constraint. So I hope she's happy. I hope she found her guy that matches more for her and that makes her happier. But if we got married, it wouldn't have been a healthy, happy relationship because the core foundation was under rubble, right? So I think a lot of people don't even think about their relationship i'm like i know people that got married they're like well he doesn't want to have kids and i do that's a pretty big difference (laughs) Uh like what you didn't figure that one out i I find that out by like date two or three like i don't waste my time i'm not asking to live with you forever but i want to find out okay you're you're muslim oh you pray eight times a day well i don't go to church so this is kind of (laughs) weird it's gonna be a little different (laughs) for me so i'm just saying like what um, yeah, it's not like he likes vanilla. I like chocolate. Yeah. It's not that. Well, there's it's 31 like- <laughs> flavors, baby. Is it 32, 31 flavors? I think it's uh, 31. Oh, 31, 31 whatever. Flavors. There should be 32. Hashtag probably 150 Robins. Yeah. But 
Yeah, you like I ask people all the time. I'm like, why did you get married to that person? Like, you guys have this core difference that you either have to work on. You should look at a relationship as being the ultimate partnership. That's how I look at it, dude. I've I have asked people too um, who are married. I'm like, oh, you know, what? How long were you together? Or like, what was the? You know, why did you get married? And a lot of people, I think, are like, well, it was the next logical step. Yeah. You know, we'd been together for three that. years or four, and then we had moved in, and then you just get married. I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't, is it supposed to work like that? Yeah. Aren't you supposed to just be heart exploding? Like, I gotta marry this chick, because yeah. if she gets out in the world, some other guy is. Yeah. I, she's the one for me, you know? Those kinds of feelings, and maybe that's why I'm single, but you know, it's like, <laughs> like I said, I want my Jerry Maguire moment, and uh, I don't know if it'll happen, but. I don't. I can't think just logically like that. I mean, like it does make sense. There is steps to it, obviously. Uh, you're not going to meet someone, get married after six weeks. But when people are together, they're like, "Well, it was just you know we had been together, and you know we had been together so long. Why not get married?" I'm like, "What?" Yeah, you got to have a. Uh, I I ask people. They ask me why I'm single. Well, I'm dating someone, but you know I'm not married or whatever. They're like, you're good looking. You're 30. You're a nurse. Blah blah blah. Why are you single? What's wrong with you? And I go, I have high standards. I don't want a shitty relationship like all you fuckers have. Like I go. Sometimes I get a little wound up and I curse. I apologize if that upsets people. But I ask people. I go, how many relationships can you count? that you genuinely are like, man, I, I could be in a relationship like that. I can count less than five. Most people are less than five. Some people can't even answer one. What does that tell you? A lot of these relationships aren't good. I'm like, you're not even working together. You, you have money differences. One's a spender, one's a saver. You don't even budget together. You don't have goals together. You parent weird. You, I don't know, one goes to church, one doesn't. Like, why don't you have goals and dreams and share exciting things together? Like, those are the happiest relationships that last forever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's like really like two reasons uh, that there's like failed relationships. I think one, how Eric was talking about, there's just that time factor. Like, people are dating five years and they're just like, wow. I've invested five years, so they're they're psychologically invested, you know, and they're just like, well. If I don't go forward with this, that five years was a complete waste, which is not true because mm-hmm. you've learned a lot, hopefully, about yourself in those five years yeah. and what you actually want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one time people people settle because of time, and then two, I think people also overlook key differences because they want uh, companionship so bad mm-hmm. that they're just willing to look past things that they should not look past. Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate, you know. Because there is someone out there that there's actually lots of people out there. This is like the most populated this planet's ever been, you know, mm-hmm. that probably have values that align with yours. Yeah. And if you looked in the right places, you might find them, you know. If you're looking on Tinder for like a long-term relationship, you might not find it there, you know. Yeah. It's all it's key, you know. You got to go fish in the right pond, cast yeah. that cast that out there in the yeah. right area. You have to cast a wide net. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, what if your soulmate's in China and you never go to China? Like I used to think that way. Yeah. Like what if my true soulmate's in Beijing right now and yeah. in a rice paddy field? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm never gonna go there. But so I don't know. I part of me I believe in this romantic comedy where there's this one person you fall in love with, right? Where we grew up with that. Yeah. How to lose a guy in ten days, shit like that. And I like those movies, but it gives us unrealistic expectations because there is real life. Yeah. Like yeah. the logical stuff does really matter. Like, yeah. 
you do have to ask those questions like, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? What's the kind of life you have? Are we compatible together? Do, mm-hmm. Can you spend four days together without going crazy? Yeah. Do yeah. you have fun together? Mm-hmm. You know, do you love each other? Do you have a great sexual connection, right? You can have something, any factor could be healthy or unhealthy. You, you know, Something great like sex or making love can be an amazing thing. Or sometimes it can take over your life. You get a weirdo that's looking at porn during work and gets fired. You got an issue, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't think about porn when I'm at work, you weirdo. Yeah. Like, go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, man. I think, honestly, all couples that find out if they're actually a good couple, they should go on, like, a two-week vacation together. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, I've had some good travel companions, and I've had some bad travel companions, mm-hmm. and no matter what, you're always going to face some adversity on vacation. <laughs> Something will inevitably go wrong. You'll miss a flight. You'll miss yeah. a boat. You'll run out of money. Like, there's going to be some problems, and you guys are going to have to overcome them together, especially if, like, you're abroad. You know, there's some, some key things, like, mm-hmm. you got to work through together. So I think going on vacation is actually a good way to learn about learn a lot about each other. See if you have fun, actually, on vacation, yeah. you know? Yeah, no or if there's more problems on vacation than fun. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Not a good sign. There is one thing I wanted to talk about was I think we have a problem in society where we don't promote men and we don't promote being a good man. Like whenever I meet a good man, what I mean by that is if you're a father, be a good father. If you're a husband, be a good husband. If you want to be a player, be a good player okay <laughs> get after it get after it that's cool i get disgusted when i see men who are husbands and they have a wife at home or whatever and kids and they're flirting being ridiculous with other women i'm like what are you doing just be single then mm-hmm. be single and have your way with the field you know like i just when i was younger i wasn't the best boyfriend i've cheated and done things like that you feel like a piece of crap but like i look up to good men now like and I try to be a good man every day and that's really important because we don't have a ton of good role models. We're lucky we have really good dads and a lot of guys don't have those good dads, but I think it's our responsibility to lead by example. So I think all all of us really do a decent job of it and a lot of my good friends are great guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to surround yourself with like if you're a man, it's good to surround yourself with men, real men. Mm-hmm. Like men who are grounded in discipline and things that are just good for you. Like, exercise is good for you. It's good for you mentally, physically. It's going to do these incredible things for you. People who have goals. Mm-hmm. Like, you're setting out goals. Like, they don't have to be crazy goals. It doesn't have to be, I want to, you know, hike the base camp of Mount Everest or yeah. be a millionaire. Because there's a lot of those people, too, are just, they all, they're all talking. It's all bullshit anyways. Mm-hmm. But people who just, who understand, they're dialed into what really matters and goal-oriented. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. real men. And it's really important because it's so easy because if, you, if you're not around real men, you're around people who are just wandering in from one week into another, you know, mm-hmm. you'll find yourself just wandering from one month. 26 will look a lot like 24, so will 30. Like a whole decade will go by and you're like, wait, how do I, how do I not have any money saved? Or how, how do I have all these failed things? You know what I mean? And yeah. failure is not bad, but it's like sometimes... Failure can be this habit that you've created on your own. It's mm-hmm. not a learning experience. It's just something that you've, you fall into and you're constantly in this cycle of you're not going anywhere. You're yeah. just getting older and a little fatter and a little sloppier. You know, it's like you only fall apart. You're, if you're not actively growing and trying, you know, to mm-hmm. combat that, you're just going to get a little sloppier and fatter as life goes on. Yeah. A little more broke, a little more desperate. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a little more depressed. 
And if you're not around, you know, iron sharpens iron. If you're not around real men, if you're a man, women, get around real women. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not our, surrounded with that support system cast, you're just going to get sloppy and gross. Yeah, and be be happy for other guys. Yeah. The worst guys are the ones that are insecure and project that they're insecure by hating on other guys. I hate that. Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah, I... Well, I just I haven't talked to Preston in a while, but he was on the podcast two episodes ago, and Preston was a little rough back in the day. But yeah, he's we're talking rede- about that a little yeah. bit. He's a redemption story, so everyone loves a redemption story where someone, you know, they they mature and they get healthier and happier. And I'm happy for Preston. I hope he makes a million dollars a year. I'm happy. Yeah, Good. it's Hell cool because yeah. it's like when I sat down and talked with him too, it's like I really haven't had a conversation with Preston in a long, long time, but I've known mm-hmm. him through social media. And like I told him, like, I see what you're doing now and I've, I've known you from back in the day too. And when you see someone who took control of their life, recognize what they're not doing, recognize what they need to do, put themselves in a pressure cooker, surrounded himself with strong people, you know, strong real men, looks has good role models like Jocko, mm-hmm. you know, David Goggins, whatever. You see what it does for someone yeah. who was like, like he said, he's like, I was a bad guy. I didn't even think, I think he had said he, he didn't think he'd live past 25 because the path he was on. And it's now look wild. at him. He's got one, he already has one, you know, beautiful child. He has another one on the way. You know, his fiance, they're doing well. He's got this great business. He's killing it every day. It's like, and what's he doing? Oh, he's working out at five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's working hard every day. Yeah. He dove into something when he said, I had no idea anything about real estate. I jumped in. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're doing it. Like, that's what people need to look up to. And, you know? and just be happy for that person. Super happy. And be like, he, dude, it's not like he's going to make all the money and then we can't make any. You know, it's no. like, but people act like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do you build the tallest building in town? Oh, I'm going to tear down everyone else's building. Like, yeah, no, so you just build tired. the tallest mm-hmm. building in town. Yeah. You know, be, there's success where everyone can be successful. Life is not a pie chart. It's not how our economy works. Our economy is fluid and can grow. And, and that's why a 12 year old that plays video games online could be a millionaire now because they're on stitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Something like that. Twitch, Twitch, whatever. Sorry. I'm not very <laughs> up to date, but We'll make Stitch cool. Okay, Let's Stitch do Stitch. Be, Hashtag Stitch. Stitch. Thing. Yeah. I uh, when I was younger though, I wasn't as confident in myself and and as good of a person. I keep working on myself, but I used to be envious of people, and in my head, I would put them down. Right, but now I'm just I'm just so happy for others. Anytime I see someone be successful, I'm almost happier for them than I would be if I was successful. Because if they're happy and successful good man you're gonna be happier for everyone else around you it's an energy that's constantly flowing and that's why i take it personal to be as happy as i can all the time because you never know what someone's going through you have no idea i have a scenario i was at work one time and in 30 minutes i had two really heartfelt conversations i was just at work and i usually hug everyone and say hi to everyone and i'm pretty outgoing naturally and i go up to this uh this older female she's like in her 40s and i'm like hey how's it going she's like oh it's been okay most people would just be like fine done with the conversation and i go no 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 how's it going because i sense something and she was like no it's been really rough lately i'm like well tell me more and i sat down with her and she started crying she's like i lost my husband like a few weeks ago and i go 
I would have no idea, dude. Like, no idea that she just lost that. She's on her own now. They weren't super close anymore, but still, she lost her husband. And her family's not there, so she was just bawling. I gave her a big hug. I said, I'm sorry. I don't really know what you're going through. If you need anything, let me know, and I care about you. And literally right after that conversation, I went to another girl and I go, hey, I go, hey, how's your, how's your hubby? Because she was on social media with a new boyfriend. I was super happy for her. She's a little sweetheart. And she's like, oh, we're not together anymore. I go, I go what do you mean? You just had Disneyland photos. I think that's pretty serious. That's very serious. Yeah, very serious. <laughs> very. Yeah. And I go, so what do you mean? And then she's like, well, he got drunk and he, he got uh, aggressive. And I go, what what do you mean by aggressive and he's like well he hit me and i was like oh my god like first of all you're a piece of shit but like did you or do you feel safe are you are you away from that situation she got away and she did the right thing and and now she's not talking to him anymore and literally in 30 minutes i had two really deep conversations but just genuinely caring about someone and asking how you're doing like really important it's true i i every time you ask someone like hey what's up how's life they're like Oh, it's okay. I'm good. I'm like, okay, now that we got that out of the way, how are you? What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. how have you actually been? Yeah. You know? And it's sad when, it is sad when some people just say like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not happy with work. I'm not happy with this. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, but you want to get, yeah, there's a root cause. Like, well, what is the source of your discomfort? Okay. Well, what can you do about it? And some people to no, no fault of their own, you know, because we don't, unless you're actively seeking out like books and podcasts and you know what I mean like to find people who've kind of gotten more dialed in you know you're just like I don't know I'm just I'm at work and I'm not happy but Mm -hmm. it's good to try and nudge people in the right direction not like we know better than them or something it's just like oh well you don't seem happy Mm -hmm. you don't seem like you seem like you're in a lot of discomfort with your life Mm -hmm. you know what is it that you think you could do you know, do you like cooking? Do you enjoy baking? Well, I don't know. Maybe you took a class. Do, do maybe more you, of that. Yeah. Do or just did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's good to ask people like, how are you doing? Yeah. And I'm, I'm bad at it too. Sometimes like you're so busy. Weeks yeah. go by. I'm like, you know, I really need to reach out to, you know, friends or family and be like, hey, how you been? Not just like, hey, dude, what's up? You watched the last episode of whatever. Yeah. No, it'd be like legit. Like, how's, how's work? Because mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. A lot of people, again, to no fault of our own because at the end of the day, I'm number one in my life, right? You're number mm-hmm. one in your life. We want to talk about what's going on in our life. But how many people are just waiting for their turn to talk about their life and they're not actually involved asking engaging questions mm-hmm. like, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Okay, well, what did you do? You know, did you talk to so-and-so? Like you said, how's your hubby? You know, how many people actually ask that? Are they just like, oh, what's up? How you been? Oh, I'm okay. All right, cool. Me too. Later. Mm. You yeah, just really it's not meaningful. Yeah, we're people. Yeah, and we're we are all people. connected. And we're the same people genetically, biologically, that were hunter gatherers built in these little bands of twelve to fifty people, super connected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now we're living in these giant cities with a million people where you just strangers all day long, all day long. Yeah. And I think that's why we're depressed. We're more disconnected than ever. I think the average person has less than one person that's considered close to them or something like that. It used to be like three. Yeah. Like I'm fortunate to have you three guys. Kyle's not here. He's uh, up in Flagstaff. But three really good friends of mine. I have other good friends too and my family and, and a girlfriend right now. But you have to have a close group of people that you care about, that care about you and want the best for you. 
that's that's why some of the happiest people within their 70s that's what they have is a close group of people and you have to continue to nurture that and put effort into it and it's reflective on your life oh yeah oh this has been good oh. it's been fun dude i yeah. love these i always feel better talking it's like therapy or something <laughs> yeah it is it really is i mean anytime i'm kind of dealing with anything whether it's you know it could be simple small stuff because it's all small stuff but uh I just know if I talk, like if I t- tell like Christian's my roommates, if I talk to him or if you come over when we do our coffee nights, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, wow, I feel really good. I feel energized just getting that out or else you're kind of just racking back and forth in your head thinking about what's bothering yeah, you. We don't, not. we don't do a good job as men just venting. We yeah. don't, we want to be stoic. We want to be a John Wayne, which I want to be. I want to be Batman. You think Batman vents anybody? Maybe Alfred, but he's old and can't hear. So he's <laughs> yeah. got no one to vent to. He's just crushing skulls. Yeah, he's just being a badass, right? Businessman during the day, dark night at night. But we, I know I can get down sometimes because I, I just need to vent and talk about it. Yeah. And I feel so much better, man. Like just talk about your struggles, talk through it. You feel better about it. A lot of the emotions you're having, almost any emotion you're having is someone else is having that emotion or having that struggle and just knowing that is super relieving oh yeah that's why i'm super happy that we do live in at least like the internet age Mm. where you can take these discussions and archive them you know because you can go back you can listen to this podcast you can listen to a different one and connect on that level too. listen to other ones i know i mean like I listen to a lot of joe rogan but a lot of his guests when they bring up certain topics that i might be going through a certain something and then they say something I'm like oh yeah that's cool that's good that re- really resonates you know and how many people are just you know, it's not bad to listen to music and whatnot but before that like how did you have access to that you didn't mm-hmm. really you yeah. know so it's a, it's a special thing to have now especially when depression anxiety suicide whatever is that yeah. all time skyrocket Addiction. Addiction. yeah mm-hmm. yeah man it almost reminds me of like when you're like in class as a kid and like you kind of have a question you don't want to ask, you know, and your teacher's like, go and ask. Someone probably has that same question. It's, man, it's really true. Like, when you have a thought, I'm like, oh, I wonder this or what I, I feel like this. I've, I'm like, I guarantee someone else has felt this or experienced it and understands it. You know what I mean? And it's like one of those things, like, when you do open up, you're kind of surprised how many people don't open up. You're like, oh, you think the same thing? You're feeling that too, man? You know, and it's pretty, it's kind of like comforting. You're like, man, I gotta talk about this. My burden already feels a little less, you know, because I'm like, all right. I don't feel like I'm alone in this now. All of a sudden, someone can walk walk through this with me, you know, and that's pretty cool feeling. I yeah, I completely agree. I you, here's just one more thing I wanted to add is just choose the problems you want. You're never going to be at a point in life where you don't have problems. You have to choose the problems you want to deal with, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Yeah, the more money you have, you're going to have different problems. The less money you have, you're going to have different problems. Which problems do you want? The one where you don't know if you can afford milk, or the one where you're like, "Shit, I don't want to screw this trust up," or I create bratty kids, or I donate to a crappy charity, or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's it is choose the problems you want. If you're in a relationship, you're going to have different problems than if you're single. Choose the right problems that work for you. And also stop expecting to not have problems. Like that's the thing when people get really frustrated and I'm not blaming women or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just that when I talk to girls, I mean sisters or a girl, Mm -hmm. they seem like they get really upset with like, oh, I got to do this and that. But then this came up and oh, now I'm annoyed. Like, well, why didn't you think something would go like when I think about my day and I got to do X, Y, and Z, 
I'm going to give myself certain time because I'm like, something's going to come up. Mm-hmm. You know, something's going to come up. I'm going to forget something. Something's going to happen. I prepare for problems because I know problems are part of the every single day struggle. Like, it's not going according to plan, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't it? I forget what the saying is. Something with the military. It's like, okay, if you're going to plan a military operation, like, oh, it guarantees something's going to go wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. That's what life is. Like, prepare for those problems. You, you know, pick the problems you want to have and also stop thinking. Don't get annoyed when the problem, you know, comes before you because it's like, it's always going to come before you. Yeah. It's going to be there. Like, stop expecting not to have it. If, Why wouldn't mm, there be problems? It's if, life. If we didn't have problems and we lived in Pleasantville, we'd all be bored. Yeah. Like, you'd be so bored. If life just went perfect, you wouldn't enjoy the ups. You need the downs to enjoy the ups. Yep. The so was it? The sweet's not as sweet without the bitter, or the bitter's not. What is mm-hmm. it? Something like that. Something it's like true. That. It's like, can't all be sweet. No. You gotta have a little bitter. Mm-mm. Can't all be great. And a lot of us create our own problems. We do. Like, yeah. When you keep having the same problem, who's the common denominator a lot of times the person in the mirror oh for sure I've especially had, when yeah. people think the answer is well i need a new job i need to move i need to leave i need to get the hell out of here Why? okay so you did and you weren't happy mm-hmm. hmm. so what's what's the what's the one thing that went with you oh you you you're everywhere you go six bad relationships <laughs> in a row uh there's one thing that's been the same and that's six relationships. Yep. That's you, buddy. Yep. Look at the man in the mirror. Yeah, and it's it's okay to be like, yeah, I messed up or I'm, I do this. Um, yeah, and important. I said this on a previous episode too and it's really true is you really can't change or move forward or do something else if you don't take those things that you know you struggle with or you, there's something wrong, the problem in your life and fully acknowledge that, oh, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I do this too much or I'm not open enough or I have, I struggle with drugs, I struggle with weight, I struggle, whatever mm-hmm. that is. If, and you can always tell cause people are super sensitive about that thing uh, when you bring it up and people who are dealing with it and are upfront and honest with their, you know, things that are wrong, they don't get sensitive about those subjects really. Cause they're like, I've, I'm, I've confronted it. Yeah, you know, I like I, I owned it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I do need to lose weight, or I do need to mm-hmm. quit doing this. Yeah. Like I'm already up up front with it. But people who are like, if you if you mention that thing, and they get super you know sensitive or they're mad about it, I'm like, oh, you're not really confronting it because if you were slaying that dragon, it wouldn't be an awkward elephant in the room right now. Mm-hmm. You and know, a goal of mine, especially if I am welcomed back on this great podcast, is to just open about my own struggles because. I'm doing pretty well in life and I don't mean to come across facetious or overconfident, but I'm saying like, I want to show that you only see the tip of the iceberg. I've had so many struggles and failures and things I've had to overcome. And I want people to know that it's okay to have those and it's okay to vocalize those, especially as men, because we just don't talk about it. So as we go into more podcasts in the future, hopefully I can bring up some things and be like, this is, this is a problem I had. I had to reflect. I had to own it. These are the things I did to change it. And it's okay to have these struggles. It's okay. That's a huge relief for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good, man. It's it's relatable and truthfully, people like to hear that stuff. I mean, like you watch everyone's like really into like these superhero movies, and I know we just talked about this right before we got on. But what makes a superhero movie good is they face adversity. It gets to the point where it's like the bad guy almost mm-hmm. has them down and out, and like you know, 
the world is about to end or something like that what happens you know there's something inside of them that just awakens it's mm-hmm. that masculinity you know or it's mm-hmm. like it just awakens and it's like no i'm going out guns blazing hell or high water and that's like where you got to hit sometimes mm-hmm. you know is you got to get to that bottom point you know and find your masculinity and just like go after it you know what i mean just that's what it is you know and there's something very empowering about that it's just the the human spirit it's incredible you mm-hmm. know so but yeah i think problems are great um you should be thankful for them really because anytime i've had those days where like i don't have much to do there's not much on my to-do list i do make a to-do list and i do cross things off when i do it um but uh when i don't have that to-do list and i have no like feel like aim for the day i'm like ah, today was a day off and it felt wasted I didn't have enough going on, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you the opportunity to learn from them too. When uh, you have those problems, you're like, "Oh, I could pass this knowledge on to someone else. So they don't encounter this." Or next time I get in a situation, I'll do this, you know. And it's it's kind of cool. Add it to your tool belt. There you go. Oh, yeah, dude. Just like on the topic of the superheroes too. Uh, one of my favorite like superhero clips is when Batman and Dark Knight rises and he's stuck in that cellar or whatever, and he fights Bane. And he runs up to confront Bane. He's just like throwing haymakers and he's hitting him and he's not doing anything. And then Bane catches his punch and he tells him, he's like, oh, victory's defeated you. And they're like, yeah, dude, you need that loss. You need those problems because if it was all victory, yeah, it defeats you. Mm-hmm. Batman's had so much victory. Now he's getting his ass whooped by Bane because he's never gotten punched before. You know, yeah. really punched. And then, yeah, that's why I love it because then he, you know, breaks his back and kills him. Or not kills him, jacks him up and then comes back. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to like, I think it was even more than that. You know, it's like, it, yeah, sure, it was Bane, but that was like Batman coming face to face with his demons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's his what you got to do. You just got to stare it down and say, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think about something recent Tiger Woods. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I just got chills, honestly. Yeah, a little bit chills because I just thought about, I've been thinking about Tiger. I, I can't. It's almost, I say it's like Michael Jordan winning with the Wizards. Like it was that good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so happy for the guy. He's had 11 years without a master's, without um, a major, and he went through a lot personally and professionally and and health wise. And now he won a major, which no one thought two years ago would be even a chance. Dude, those back surgeries he's had to fuse his disc. Oh no, uh, the fuse is because you don't have a disc anymore, right? The when they fuse your mm-hmm. and long term it causes other issues. You don't want to yeah. have back surgery unless you have that incredible surgeries that I don't know who would come back not only do you come back but you win like the top of the game you know like mm-hmm. oh that you, was a cool moment in sports that's why sports around. is great seeing excellence is great oh, but yeah. you can't tell me LeBron James didn't deal with adversity you can't tell me Michael Jordan I love Michael Jordan I'm biased but he was cut from his high school basketball team the greatest player of all time was cut from his high school varsity team or whatever it was that's crazy and he's the best player of all time. Gave up, what, two years of his absolute prime? For baseball. And then, yeah, to Which, go back and win three. He wasn't horrible either. That's the he thing. wasn't. Like, I was thinking he was really good. No, he, was pretty, he was pretty, pretty good. good. That's crazy For to play a toy totally different High school sport. baseball yeah. experience, that's I, it. I wish he played eight straight, but he did that for his father and meaning and something different, but... Yeah, I love hearing stories like that where people are motivated and have deep passions about things because it motivates me to find my own passions what matters to me. Yeah, like full circle back to I'm not going to look at what you're doing if you're doing well and be like, make oh, I feel bad because I'm not. No, it inspires me. 
Mm -hmm. I'm inspired to go out and do what I'm passionate about and, and get in that same realm of, you know, success is a weird word, but happiness. I see you're happy. Oh, how can I get that mm-hmm. in my way? You know? And Jordan Peterson wrote his book, 12 Rules for Life. He's a psychologist from Canada and does a bunch of speeches nationwide. But he has a, a thing where the only true comparison is the person you were of yesterday. That's the only com- true comparison. I cannot compare myself to Eric or Christian right now because you have different talents, different skills, different opportunities than I have. So to compare myself to you is just not fair. It's not even worth my while to do. So when I compare, I'm, I post shirtless pictures online, which I hope it's motivating. <laughs> but it, it's literally... It's hot, baby. Yeah, okay, good. Keep doing it. But it's literally a comparison. I'm comparing myself. I'm the biggest critic. I'm the biggest judge. I really don't care what people think. I'm, the more I get older, I don't, I don't really care what you think. I care what I think. You know, like I posted pictures. I think they look decent, but I mean, I've looked better. Oh, they look good, so, baby. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> so, You're looking good. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, that's true, though. Like, dude, uh, when I was starting this podcast, too, like I've said it before, you're being totally open and vulnerable, and you're talking about these things. And, you know, friends like, or family are like, oh, will they, will they make fun of me? Will they think I'm stupid? Like, what? You know, yeah. you, those weird, dumb thoughts run through your head. Mm-hmm. But you really have to be like, I don't care. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. There you go. Because it makes me happy. I'm not hurting anyone. That's what it's all about. And to, I think I said it, did I say it last podcast? But Aristotle, was it Aristotle? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The only way to avoid criticism is to be nothing, do nothing, and live nothing. I forget, something like that. Yeah. Preston had a good one too. It was about, uh, I'm going to totally mess it up, so sorry. But it was about if you're only, you know, living and working for the applause, you know, you're only, you know, you're only doing that for other people. Like you're doing everything you're doing just because you're getting claps from other people. Mm. Don't do it for you or else you're just working for some applause and you're not going to be happy. Yeah. The people that are best at their craft are doing it because they deep down want to do it. Yeah. Because they're driven. Michael Jordan did not play basketball or Kobe Bryant because mom and dad wanted him to. He he literally, he was probably more unhappy because he played baseball and he he was trying to make his dad happy that died. Right. So you have to, God, it all comes down to doing what's going to make you happy. And a lot of people don't even take the time to realize what that is. It's hard to find. Um, but you, like you said, we just do different things. Keep trying. Um, I had no idea. I mean, I always knew I liked listening to podcasts. I didn't know what I maybe had to offer. And then when I started buying microphones and downloading stuff and learning, I was like, man, you know what? I really like um, like media type stuff. I really like all this whole world of headphones and microphones mm-hmm. and, you know, different stuff. And I'm getting these little lapel mics and I'm a tripod. You know, it's like this whole world is like really cool. And then now when I watch things on television or on or online, I see other people's either their, you know, podcast or different things, you know, video blogs and stuff. I have a deeper appreciation. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I know a little bit to know that that's really hard what this person's doing. Mm-hmm. Like this commercial this guy made or this video they put out on YouTube, like, dang, that must have, like, the production, you have a deeper, you know, meaning and value for what that is. And it makes life even better, mm-hmm. you know? It's good It's it's good to eat a good meal, right? But if you know a little bit about cooking and preparing food, wow, if you get a really nice dish, you know what went into it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you appreciate things more. And I think that's why we should be more open too, because, or else, you just, I don't know, you're just dull. 
mm-hmm. expecting the best of everything, you're not understanding what went into that. You know, from exercising, you know, we all exercise. If we see someone do something athletically or look a certain way, you have that tremendous respect because you, you know what that person put into it, mm-hmm. you know, versus other people who have no idea. Look at them like, oh, yeah, they look good. They probably work out. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Like this guy just set a record for the Boston Marathon. What? Whole, I can't imagine that grueling training schedule. I have a, such a deep respect for what they did. And how much deep down he had to push himself that day. Yeah. Unbelievable. <sighs> right about 90 minutes. Mm. Is that good? Uh wrap-up point you I think, think it's a good, yeah it's good. yeah what are we going to send people off with what's the takeaway i think when we talk about this a lot take a second have some thought like jimmy v said have some thought have some emotion and have some laughter but have some deep reflection to find out what's going to make you happy in this life mm-hmm. and go for it because we're only given one yeah that's the thing i want people to take away is guess what you're gonna die like you're dead if you don't live your life. That's the other only other thing, right? Yeah. You're dead on the other end of this. Like you don't come out of life alive, you know? Yeah. You go out <laughs> that ticker stops, baby. So mm-hmm. between now and that point, do everything in your power to make sure you're around the people you want to be around, doing the things you want to do and contribute and add some value to people. Cuz when you add value, it makes it a lot easier to accept other people's value and we're all sharing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this is pretty heavy, so considering today is Saturday, my favorite day of the week, I would say go eat some ice cream. Okay, <laughs> That's good. my takeaway. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Enjoy it. Just, oh, get after it. Classic Rignano response. How about that? Huh? Do a 10-minute walk before. 10-minute walk. Get that after. metabolism after. going. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, and after. That's yeah. like a Mark Bell thing, right? It the is. Walking. Do 10-minute walks. He's awesome. Okay, well, this was... Is-